A wise man once explained to me that even if you have $200 in groceries or a $200 light bill, gas bill, or whatever it is that you have to pay for in terms of a service service in exchange. Personally, I can kind of relate to this on the other side of his saying in that there is some kind of depleting debit. <laughs> it's like, damn, $200 for groceries for a week, $300 phone bill. Well, hope not, but some people do have $300 phone bills or $400 electric bills, gas bills, car notes, whatever. And you pay that so you can eat, you pay that so you can drive safely, and you pay that money so nothing gets cut off from your daily routine. And in essence, we pay this, and like I just mentioned, it's like a depleting debit out of our bank account. It's like another bill, another month, and then we have to wake up in the morning and go back to work to make those couple hundred dollars back to do it all over again the next month. But if you think about a one depleting debit at a time, there's kind of a perspective change in a way that if you look at it in a sense that you pay for your $200 worth of groceries, you pay that utility bill to keep on the lights in exchange for the monetary wealth you give up in return you get light you get food you get nourishment so you may not have the money wealth but you do have electricity in your house you have food on the table it's a different type of wealth that personally I have once took advantage of or for better term let me say took for granted you know, it's not always seen in a way of wealth because money is probably one of the higher terms of wealth we see. They say money makes the world go round, but I think it's just us people being people. Covering that up in terms of money, but that's a different conversation. So next time, here's a challenge. Next time you're at the grocery store, next time you're paying a bill, or even if it's automatically deposited, or excuse me, automatically debited out of your account, and you see it, whether you check your bills, I hope you don't check it daily, but if you check it weekly or monthly, be grateful for that exchange, that debit out of your account, that because you're exchanging the numeric value in your bank account for lights, for food, for a legal privilege to drive your car, if it's a car note or a insurance bill. Be grateful for that exchange in wealth because that's what it's about. It's about being grateful for what you're able to do. And if you can't see it that way, then write it down. See where you go from there. 
This is Bud Talks 325 from Mumbai. Now, speaking of privilege, you can consider Mumbai a third world country and I've seen a lot here in my three weeks, kind of just adventuring around the villages around here running and going through the city the way of life is much different than America here, obviously. The people stare at me. I don't quite stare back because that would just make it awkward. I've actually gotten used to being stared at. I mean, I've been stared at since I was a young boy. It feels like maybe it's just me, but even growing up in Portland, I've always felt that all lies around me for some reason I don't know and I'm not and I've heard other people feel like this too it's like you walk into the room and you are the energy but I, I think part of it being in Portland being a black boy black man in Portland you can kind of relate it to me being tall dark and handsome I typically do stand out in the room but I felt that ever since I was a kid self-conscious very self-conscious of myself and here in Mumbai even in Turkey where I just was last month or even in Egypt I mean anywhere I've been I've, I, I feel this but this is the place I've felt it the most and these the locals here nah, they don't look like me I'm taller bigger than most of them I mean they're my tone they're my skin color they have melanin like me they're dark-skinned they have a dark shade, they have a dark tone, they have dark hair. Texture's different. But I sense the eyes on me because obviously I think it's also my hair. And I've kind of grown an appreciation for their kindness as well because they may not be looking at me because they don't know who or what the fuck I am or where I'm where I am, where I'm from. But it's more like you chose here to be here. Like you chose our village, our neighborhood to do what you do. And most of them ask me where I'm from and they think I'm from South Africa. They think I'm from New Zealand or when I tell them I'm from USA, they're most of them are kind of like, wait, whoa, whoa, USA. Wow. You know, and you're in Mumbai. Why'd you come to Mumbai? And that's kind of where the language barrier makes our conversations little bit more complex because they don't really understand what I do or why I do it but for the most part it's interesting just to see their reactions which is somewhat similar to me telling somebody in Portland that I'm a writer that I'm an author kind of goes back a couple of years ago when I was telling people I'm freelance writing and they say well wh what did you do before that like it matters but for the most part I wanted to kind of stick to one idea that privilege is one way of looking at maybe what I was talking about early in terms of a depleting debit, but changing that perspective around it because it's somewhat empowering to have something so depleting become more replenishing I'm here because I wanted to meditate 
in a new setting. I'm traveling so much because when it comes down to it, you can only meditate in one setting for the same visions, mantras, or breath work for so long. And, you know, it's like I mentioned on one of my previous podcasts, I think back in December, Back in Portland, I that's where I originally started meditating. Coming out of Portland was kind of like coming out of the cocoon and spreading my wings as I took off from PDX and started to fly as the butterfly I would become. I'm not as beautiful as a butterfly, but I'm tall, dark, and handsome. I'm pretty fucking close. The privilege of meditation is that if you are able to meditate even five minutes a day, the ability to calm your mind and to have a pure state of consciousness where you're just looking at things just the way they are. Green trees, white buildings, dirt roads, plants on the patio, men down there working, bamboo sticks beside a complex where there's construction workers, flying piece of metal. There's another part of downtown, I think it's Navi Mumbai right in front of me that men constructed over decades to get like this. There's water over there. It's all this setting of planet Earth that really doesn't have to have a meaning until you put a meaning to it. But to see that over a prolonged period of time, some people call it bliss, Scientists may call it the quantum field. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. But it it is definitely a privilege to be able to shut the mind the fuck up. And just look at things the way they are. And do that. I mean, when I first started meditating, I used to use these guided meditations where I would listen to a voice and it would take me to a place and then I went away from that I went I went to kind of calming music and then I went away from that because none of that shit really took me to where I am today and that's just pure silence I've been meditating in pure silence for about three years I first started off with five ten minutes then it went up to 30 minutes then I was at a point I think maybe two years ago I was meditating up to an hour a day maybe 20-30 minutes in the morning, 20-30 minutes in the evening, or before bed. I mean, I was a meditating beast. And a lot of it was because, well, part of it, I would say, is it was my time to really see what this world really was. And I've even kind of, I wouldn't say took it up a notch, but really went, deep within to really understand what meditation is about and you might have just heard me say mantras visualizations and breath work but for me 90% of the time it's about breath work visualizations is pretty much what I do all day I mean I live in an imaginary world I am pretty much envisioning what my world is I live in an abstract world and many of us do and they don't know it but for the most part meditation takes me out of that to the physical reality and that's where the nothingness of something emerges 
So the privilege of meditation is being able to separate yourself from the past. Some people may not agree with what I'm about to say, but reality is the past. The past is reality. The future exists out there somewhere. People say, oh, I put my faith and trust in the future. Well, when's that going to happen? You can create it by either writing it, walking it, or looking at reality, which could be bullshit, putting it in the past. Now, a lot of people, I say even myself, are attached to memories that kind of impede our progress because we're humans and we are programmed to use the past as a means of survival. Don't touch that. It might burn you because it burned you in the past. Don't go there. You might be looked at funny. You might be looked at funny because that's just what they do. But the past isn't always supposed to impede our progress. So when I say meditation, or let me go back to when I was meditating to silence two years ago for a very long time throughout the day. I didn't like my reality. It was about the time COVID had started. And it wasn't because of COVID. It was actually completely separate from COVID. I was already working alone. I was already, I had already quit a job. I was writing pretty much every day, but meditation allowed me to step out of the reality into a field of nothingness to start envisioning a better future for me, for myself. I didn't have the power to create a better future for anyone else. And I don't think anybody should try to. I mean, if it's in your means to create a better future for people, do it. But you got to start from home first. You got to kind of have to learn how to let go. So I don't want to preach too much on that. But that's the privilege of meditation because a lot of people can't separate themselves from reality for sensual reasons, family reasons, financial reasons, career reasons. But what it really comes down to is your mind being attached to so many emotions and so on that have a lot to do with the past. And I think the reality of it is your future is always going to be waiting on you. And in my personal experience, a lot of times through meditation, I've learned to appreciate the future by basking in it. And what I mean basking in the future, literally imagining it, you can do like 10 minutes a day of just sitting down and listening to peaceful music, staring out into, I mean, if you don't have a view of anything, get on YouTube. I used to do that. I used to get on YouTube and like watch somebody record where it was a recording of somebody uh, being on a beach or I don't know being in a different country somewhere and they have these high quality videos on YouTube where people just record them walking through a town or walking through a village or a tropical island or even on an airplane and I would just sit and watch these videos and I would be at home alone just 
basking in the visuals through my screen and here I am actually doing that so I don't need YouTube anymore for that because this is my reality at the moment and that's where meditation has brought me but again the privilege of being able to sit down in silence and meditate and separate yourself from the past from reality is very very powerful but you got to learn how to let go first letting go isn't easy took me years to figure that out it takes a daily practice in fact to do that and I don't preach or suggest anybody try this I mean if you have kids a spouse or if your life is stressful I mean sometimes you may even need a therapist to even begin this but if you just touch it start with five minutes a day I mean see where you go in 30 days or even want to break it down to just once a week and then twice a week the next week and then see where you are in a month because let me tell you something there's a powerful grounding in being able to appreciate that very little time you know depreciation really comes from the idea of for example you buy a car and the moment you drive it off the lot it depreciates why because that's just how the value of cars are designed but when you appreciate something that appreciation basically means increasing in value so how do you appreciate the future how do you appreciate an image that doesn't quite exist in reality uh, well like me in my case you gotta be a little bit creative actually you gotta be a lot a bit creative to produce it and for me that comes from just sitting the fuck down shutting the fuck up and writing you can write your future you can write the perspective you want bring the past to a certain you know state of reality or perspective and kind of go from there you can shift it but it's not easy I'm not saying this is easy perspective does bring a birth of a new reality in a sense that you will be very grateful once you see it physically and gratitude is one of the mere things of meditation once you get it the practice down for me I'm very grateful for my ability to meditate allows me to see things clearer I don't overreact to things that upset me I don't overreact to things that quite, quite have not figured out yet a lot of things I haven't figured out but gratitude in the sense that I can come to a new perspective in things on a day-to-day -day basis is how I get through the uncertainty of life and if you've listened to many of my podcasts you would understand that gratitude and shifting my perspective is how I've gotten to places like Mumbai where people are looking at me as if I'm not supposed to be here it's almost as if my practice of meditation has brought me to a place in life where I'm literally living off script <laughs> it's like they're looking at me like I'm not supposed to be here and there's a version of me and myself and my past or my reality that says yeah buddy you ain't supposed to be here like what are you doing here like 
I mean, because I, I literally think sometimes I'm supposed to just have been, I don't know, maybe I don't quit the job I quit in 2018 or maybe I do something different rather than living a life of a traveling writer, freelancer, poet. But that's kind of the imagination of last year. That's where it's brought me today to be off script. Otherwise, I would be. I don't even know whose script I would be on. Maybe following someone else's footsteps. I really don't know. But if there's any takeaway you want to see out of listening to this episode is that first understand that privilege is one way you can put it an advantage and there's an advantage to meditation in that you kind of see things from a higher perspective you grasp the gratitude around that perspective and change the emotional reactions to certain things like I was mentioning earlier the depleting deposits or excuse me I keep saying depleting deposits I mean depleting debits and rather having depleting debits you turn them into replenishing deposits meditate on depleting debits to become replenishing deposits money out food in money out a roof over your head money out lights money out heat money out a car a vehicle that's wealth and I'm in Mumbai there's not a lot of that there's not a lot of wealth in this country Now, I'm not here to judge. I actually appreciate it because my wealth comes from giving up a lot more than just $200 or a $300, $400 plane ticket. I mean, the wealth is in the journey. The wealth for me is in the experience. The wealth for me is in what I bring back to Portland. And also what I can't really see. It's the imagination that I can't quite unfold today because it's all unfolding every day so that's the perspective that I carry every day as a writer as a poet as a creative and if you want to <laughs> support me on this coffee it's like patreon see what I do with your three dollar donation this is bud talks 325 from Mumbai. Good morning, good evening, and good night. Bye-bye.